Hey everybody, Jonathan Dorr with you once again. Welcome to the Canberra Business Podcast. I've just had a very good day. I've just spent uh, most of the day in the studio recording two fantastic new podcasts. We've got a couple of great guests in these next two episodes. The uh, the first one I'm going to introduce to you in just a moment. Before I do, a little bit of housekeeping as always. Would you please subscribe to the podcast for me? Just make sure whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Android, or on the website here at Canberra Executive Coaching. There's a very simple email box there which will allow you to pop your details in. Uh, No spam, just regular updates with the next episode. So please do that. Please come and check out the website at Canberra Executive Coaching and see how we can help you with any form of business problem, strategy, coaching, training, all the things to get your business to the next level. So please come and check us out there. But let's just jump in. I've just had a great time interviewing the wonderful Sanjay from Dana Restaurant in Curtin. You know, in recent weeks, we've focused on some very big businesses, you know, 5,000 employees plus. I've been so impressed with what's happening in Canberra in the business landscape. So many you know, great people building great international businesses. But I wanted to make sure we didn't lose sight of the real engine of business in our economy, the small businesses making a difference. And the restaurant that Sanjay and Sunita have built is really great. Look, I just think they're bringing something. How do I explain this? You'll hear me talking about it in the interview. Food is essentially a commodity. It's it's relatively hard to compete around food because all you can often do is compete on price or a few tweaks. But what they've done is something really different. They've, they've brought a huge amount of variety They've challenged themselves. They're pushing themselves as a business. They're doing something quite unique, and I want you to check them out. You're going to hear Sanjay talk about his background. It's a very poignant beginning to this episode as he talks about growing up with his grandfather and what he learned. But just what they're doing in their restaurant, the kind of experience they're trying to create, I think is is new, and we need to support it because it's a great product. You know, in recent interviews, we've been saying, you know, if you don't have a good product, doesn't matter what you've got because sooner or later you'll be exposed. The team at Danar have got such a, a great product, and you're going to hear all about it. There's a lot of wisdom here, a lot of insight. Look, hard work, humility. Wait till you hear some of the jobs that Sanjay did when he came to Australia from India. This is a guy who's got the runs on the board, who's been passionate about building business and also generosity, giving back to his community. Just wait till you hear some of the stories about how he's focused on serving the people in Canberra community that really need our support. So look, it's a great interview. I really enjoyed doing it wherever you are. I hope you can take some time now to enjoy this special interview with Sanjay from Dana Restaurant in Curtin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the Canberra Business Podcast. We've got a wonderful guest for you today. We've got Sanjay with his lovely wife, Sunita, have really brought something special into the Canberra culinary landscape. And we've been practicing off air because as the producer of this show, I, I really take a lot of effort to get things right. But I want to get the connect pronunciation of the wonderful restaurant. So Sanjay, first, welcome to the Canberra Business Podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased you're here. Now... You're going to do this properly for me. Give us the correct pronunciation of the restaurant. It's called Dana. Dana. There you go. He makes it easy. We're going to hear all about it. It's a fantastic new restaurant in Curtin. We're going to drive people there. We're going to um, drive plenty of traffic there, give people plenty of ways in the show notes to find you. But what we're most interested in first is the backstory. This is a restaurant that's recently won Best New Restaurant in Canberra. It's got a very loyal following. You're doing very interesting things that we're going to talk about. 
But I want to go back first. Your journey begins in Delhi, but I want to talk a little bit about your grandfather because he's an important <laughs> man in your life. And, you know, we can hear all sorts of things about the restaurant, which we will, but I'm always interested where this starts. What are your, some of your first memories of your grandfather and where your culinary journey began? I think you got me on a very emotional start, Jonathan. Yeah. Okay, I grew up in Delhi, that's, and my grandfather, that's my mother's mom's father. mother's yeah. dad, was a very, very renowned culinary. I said. He, he was the best in his field in terms of especially the Indian sweets. Yeah. And entire summer vacation, we used to spend close to two months spending time with uh, grandmom and him and my uncles there. And I was in my primary school that time. And I used to sit and watch him giving the indents for various huge functions, like 2,000, 4,000 people. And he never lifted a pencil or a pen. I've never seen him lifting a pen or pencil. Off the head, he used to just give the items what he requires to the people who used to come to book him and he used to be booked out in a year in advance and people used to come from all over India to a small little house there to see him and get him to cook for their weddings or function wow. I, I still can't get over it did he manage to do so and he trained his staff there was staff for like they used to call him dad, basically, or Guruji means the the ultimate teacher. Yeah, that's what my memories of my grandfather is. You were close to him, very close. Yeah, yeah, and so the food was used to be always something used to be always at home, yeah. and his specialty was sweet. So. That's why I think my sweet tooth started from there. <laughs> I can live on sweets forever. <laughs> really? Oh, gosh, I'm pretty careful these days. I, uh, I felt bad. We've got some snacks here in the studio, but I, I knew that Sanjay was coming in with such great background in, in food, and I uh, feel embarrassed now. We haven't got some wonderful Indian sweets for you, but what, what are some of your very first memories of him? So can you take us back to that time you talk about these big festivals and weddings that he would cater for? What are a couple of key memories that stick out for you? I think key memories, I think I've, the process of especially the Indian cuisine on the his field streets is a very, very labor-intensive work. Yeah. And very, very specialized. You need to have real master skills. It takes years to get those perfection. This main substance, like you say, the raw ingredient sugar, is such a delicate ingredient. Few degrees just a matter of fraction of time it can ruin the dish entirely and I've seen him handling those things effortlessly talking and studying things around and what comes out I still I haven't found such sweets in my entire life after that really yeah and how do you explain his mastery was it just time was it just years and years of immersion in what he was doing I think it was experience yeah time and what he has put together along with his team. So what I want to ask you, I mean, you've obviously brought, we're going to talk about a, a story you shared before in the notes we have about a time you were cooking for 500 guests, but take us way back. It's a broad question, but you have a real passion for this cuisine. That's true. 
what is the essence of this passion for you? What do you most value, enjoy about the cuisine itself? I think it's the simple word is the diversity. Yeah. Having spent close to uh, 35 years in the country there and traveled and grown in different parts of the country, the food is changes probably i would i share with this thing with all our guests who like to know about the country india has to offer and the terms of food it changes every 50 to 100 kilometers yeah. again that's the key factor i think that's the passion which we both bring in with the diversity which the cuisine has to offer yeah. and that keeps us challenged all the time and we change our menu very very regularly at dana and that's been our usp from the day one we started yeah. yeah but you've had a particular fascination with i guess southern indian cuisine so and and there's a you talk about educating people i really like that that often in business in businesses that we've owned that there is a process sometimes of educating the market you know of actually helping people understand these are the unique things about it so what for you is specific or unique about what, what this southern indian cuisine when we talk to our guests is a perception of indian cuisine that especially when they south indian say is it too spicy that's the answer is cuisine has again the country as southern india part of it has so much to offer because of the demographic as well as the location geographically is changes from west to east side yeah. dramatically so you have flavors from all ranges yeah. and the spiciness level it varies from really mild to super hot yeah. and so that's the best part of it and till you actually get to know about it or taste it you won't know it yeah Well, I hope a lot of people are going to come and start testing it because especially when you look at the website and you look at some of the things they're doing, I think you owe yourself everybody to get down and and explore what's happening there. Let's talk about this journey because it's really interesting. I want to ask you the the decision to come from India to Australia. What drove that for you? Kids. Yeah. <laughs> you just you you wanted you yeah. wanted something different for them. What was the Absolutely. I think there were two factors. One was the kids to give him better opportunities environment to grow and learn more new things. Yeah. plus we wanted to start something on our own yeah that was the second most important part why 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 did you want to start something on your own what was important about that many factors again as uh, both from industry professional we have dined in various places various cities and after coming to australia as a new migrant to try to explore and learn new things and see what's happening there was something always and uh, sunita doesn't like she said you when you go out keep your mouth shut yeah. <laughs> i'm very very critical yeah and so i think there was few areas i said no when we have our own place we will not do this we will do this we will do this we will do this and it came to a point that it's the time now i think if we are so passionate in getting the right stuff the getting the best of service and food together yeah i think let's not go further it's time for us to jump in yeah and bring in whatever little we know wow oh, yeah. so to summarize that you have this childhood experience with your grandfather you're exposed to the cuisine at an early age you have a great love for it 
But I like that how you said, you know, you're quite critical. I have this image of you with Sunita being out places going, look at that, look at that. That's not right. That's not right. We could do this differently. I always try to get to the very core of it. What is it in you and, and Sunita that, that wanted to start something? I mean, we live in a town where many people, and I don't mean this critically, go to work every day. They get told what to do and they're happy with that. There's security, there's predictability. You don't have that. You don't get predictability necessarily. Why do this? What was the incentive the drive the reason to start on your own i think incentive was the diversity of the indian cuisine yeah which was absolutely missing especially in canberra yeah yeah i don't want to compare or say anything about the other places which are offering from years together but it's very hard very sad to say this i would say that the right word that you don't have to look at the menu in restaurant they're practically 90% same all yeah, across. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And we said, no, this is not the Indian food. Is There is diversity. diversity. There's so much to offer. And when we started off at the West Side, Acton Park, yeah. we said, this is the unique location for a unique offering. We spent a lot of time in designing the menu layout, every detail, single details to get it right to the very first time. Yeah. And that was the main key thing that we have to show what country has to offer. Yeah. A lot of people did say, no, you have to have the well-known, which are sold everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a mix, but keep them. As you can know, if we start that, you're starting on this same thing again. Yeah. We're not doing anything different. Yeah. Then how we are different from the rest. Yeah. So it was a very conscious decision that we are going to be different. We make our own path. But there's a risk there, right? So you're picking up two key factors. And if people have heard the interview with Louise Curtis, which was one of the first ones we did, she was big on opportunity. She was big on, in business, one of the skills we need is the ability to look into the environment that we're in and see a gap that other people are missing. And she did that really well. So the first thing you're articulating is you've been able to look into a market and go, there's something missing here. And, and that is... Like you said, I think you said it really well, that a lot of times we'll walk into an Indian restaurant and we all know exactly what to expect. And we have two or three things in our head and we, we don't risk anything. We just ask for that, which is what I like about you educating the market because you're actually saying to people, no, you're going to have to trust us a little bit. You're going to have to try something different. You might have to ask questions. But I want to talk to you about the other key component. Yes, opportunity. You've looked into the market and seen the opportunity. Second thing, though, is risk. You took a risk, and in business, then they're not always guaranteed. I mean, you mentioned this in passing, but you started, people from Canberra will remember the Acton Park with the containers there. That's a that's huge good. risk. Like that's, that's true. That was a difficult location necessarily. So I want to ask you about risk. I want to ask you, why didn't you just choose to play it safe? What was it that you went, you know what, we're going to risk here. Talk to us about that part, the risk part. Yes, starting from the location, the west side, I always share, even today, with our guests, that place was charm and challenge together. Yeah, okay. Charm because of the unique location yeah. and family come out with kids and you have lovely time of the surrounding area, greenery, lake, so many other things to do. Challenge, Canberra weather was the biggest challenge. Yeah. Open air, hot, cold, windy, humid, same time. You will feel, feel we have, we have gone through all that. Yeah. Yet, the once we got our name out, but we got our brand established, the confidence of that risk which we took paid off. We used to have our guest 
come rain or shine is to come from all the way from different parts of city to dine with us yeah i think in every business there is a risk had we gone to the known path the risk was you just competing with the others right yeah okay so that is a risk also yeah yeah uh, there's a risk in just putting yourself in the same same thing same pool as everybody else everybody else is there this yeah so there's a big risk i think over there yeah because you are one amongst the other rather than the risk of starting something new so take us to these discussions between you and sanita i'm interested like you know everybody i've talked to so far in these interviews they've often got a, a very close business partner or somebody else that they work with and i ask them about their decision making process so was this a case of sanita's going no you're crazy we can't do this and you were saying yes we can how did that process work out for you too as you as you thought about this you know 40 foot shipping container in a unusual area of canberra how did you two resolve that <laughs> I have to get her in next time. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. It yeah. was it took us close to I think 4 months oh, yeah. to get to the basic concept. Eventually, what are we going to start there? 4 yeah. months. Now, 4 months we're talking about and both of us were working that time. Yeah. I was with the sales job. I used to be out on field for really really long time. so whatever is time is to get in the night and on the weekends so we had a whiteboard in our living room yeah. permanently for those four months wow. with lots of markers and each and every stage of starting from basics of getting things right in licensing fit out so many things which chalk out on the board yeah. discuss and step by step we proceeded yeah. but each and every decision was hard because we both come from professional hospitality background yeah. having worked in industry from different areas it was hard really hard the discussions discussions yeah. yes but as i say good things takes time yeah the final outcome was what we exactly both wanted together and is one of you a head person one of you a heart person or are you both able to look at the numbers look at the spreadsheets look at the details is one of you a detail person one of you more of a creative person how does that play out i think yes both of us are, are slightly different from each other that yeah. way yes what does sanita bring sanita brings the numbers there does she yeah okay and i bring in the practicality part of it the okay. operations part of it yeah at times yes for me I start with the end. Okay, how are we going to deliver it? Yeah. She says no. This is what I want. Yeah. I say what how are we going to deliver it? So that's where this starts. <laughs> did you have a few did you have a few tense moments in the discussions? Always. Okay. Always. Yeah. As you said mentioned earlier, we change a menu very regularly. Yeah. And the menu change process is 3 months in advance. Okay. Reasoning because it takes so much time to plan and execute the dish. yeah they be presenting it to our guest yeah so that's part of the discussion that it does take time yeah yeah what do you do when you both can't agree many people know we, <laughs> we had we had glen keys in a couple of weeks ago and he said well with his partner andrew uh dr andrew walker they have to convince each other so eventually someone has to really if you if you've got a strong position how do you work out those challenging really hard decisions together there are a few th- times where both of us are not agreeing So I think what we do is that we said okay let's test it out. Yeah. There are a few things like saying a dish to be presented in XYZ manner. Yeah. 
I'm saying no. It will look with the other way around. And till you test it out, we won't know. So, it's okay, let's do it. We test it out. Okay. Get other people involved and see the reaction. Yeah. Then we say, okay, yes. This is what we are. Yeah. There are times when I agree with her or there are times she agrees. There are times we, uh, both of us say no. It's completely different. Turned out to be <laughs> other person is saying the right thing. Let's go that way. Okay. So, we are flexible at the same time that eventually is the output matters yeah it's the it's the outcome you're focused it's, on that, that's what is the critical part of it so you moved from india to australia but you know you're doing something now which is i, I think's got a lot of potential long term potential for a lot of reasons which we'll get to but you know it doesn't start with a, a owning your own restaurant you started you started a domino's is that right you that's started correct. yeah so you come to australia and with all this culinary knowledge you've worked in big hotel chains in india That's so you've correct. had five star experience and you end up at domino's yep and but not only did you have i guess the humility to do that which i really admire but you learned a lot there from the young owner there taught you a lot about just the elements of the business the complexity or the work aspects take us back to your time at domino's what were you doing there and what did you learn looking back yeah that was again we going back to the initial days of any new migrant has gone through in this place yeah. lot of hardship challenges new places you ever you're just trying to settle in save every dollar you can and start a new life with yeah. the family you got a help from other friend who knew the owner alamjit yeah lovely young young guy and he was looking for somebody that time he said okay we'll give it a go and then that's and we were staying very close to that place in uh, Mawson and Pierce mm. and I started there and for me it was very very first experience working in a fast food setup yeah. and uh, making pizzas and there are times where I had to go out for deliveries as well yeah. but it was a good experience got to see Canberra in different shades of light yeah. doing those but what I want to ask you is like you're sitting here across from me and it, we'll, we'll have some photos in the show notes but you have a depth of knowledge of the cuisine of indian cuisine you've got these incredible memories of working with your grandfather you know being around a great master you you've built a great restaurant here now but you started at dominoes like was there something in you you came from five star background was there a pride issue were you like hey, i'm i'm better than this obviously you, you didn't you did it but but take us through that was it hard for you to, to it was hard but again as a, a professional chef I don't miss an opportunity to learn something new. Really? So making pizzas from a their own sort of recipes and ingredient getting yeah. the shape, weight, measurements, the temperature settings was a whole lot of learning. Really? And it still taught me completely new skills. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So because we have made pizzas from different style but doing in fast food style are very different. Yeah. but no it was i didn't not a single day i felt that this is what i not used to or yeah. i have not done before but i looked at the opportunity to learn something new for sure wow. yeah i think plus it that was the first experience for me in handling customers over the phone across the counter uh, which i look back now was my base which i learned from dominos and brought to dana oh, yeah. i just think you know to be honest I think people listening would agree like 
there's a lot of humility in that, I think, and you should be, I think you deserve every success that, you know, so there's plenty of people that be like, oh, I'm not doing that, you know, do you know who I am and what I've learned, you know, but I think you brought a lot of humility to that. So you go from Domino's and then you do some work for NCH, which is in the area of sales. And you shared with us, with me before that this is where you learned a lot about perseverance and you have one particular major client, and I like how you say that, you know, you learn through this that what takes longer to build lasts longer. Take us through what you learned there, this, this journey in sales, this perseverance on a difficult client. What happened? I think it was a great journey, I think, uh, with NCH. It was a brand name called Mantec earlier. Then it became part of NCH group, globally known for their world-class uh, stuff that they do around the globe. And I was the first salesperson in Canberra to be positioned. They never had any salesperson. Wow. And I was the first one to start the territory. Wow. And I was completely new to sales. I had never done in my life. But I still got the job. And I said, okay, now where do we begin? The company had a detailed, structured training program, which they take you through a journey from day one, how it is done, the way they think is right. And it was a, absolutely a great learning in how actually sales are done. Yeah. And I owe a lot to the company who taught me the real, real basics of getting to know your customers really, really well. And then, as they say, they said, people buy from people they like. And that stuck on to me even every day. I use those skills in and out everywhere yeah. and the journey I started off and then uh, Canberra was very very new for me I had to rely on my GPS to go to even Fishwick wow. <laughs> <laughs> and as beginning was tough I was not getting nowhere close to my numbers I was given a 10 days notice okay here you are let's get moving yeah and looked at my stuff around and said, okay, this is, I think need to, it's time now. Something seriously has to be done. Something I'm doing wrong. Then Sunita was there with me and we sat that night. I said, no, let's have 10 days to prove again. Then put things together and I started off. And those 10 days, few things corrected myself, which I was doing probably wrong. And I saw the results coming in and slowly, slowly, I was there for company for four years. Wow. I was promoted to the uh, manager level. And from Canberra, I grew the market up to Griffith area. Wow. And my travel was close to 5,500 kilometers a month I used oh to travel. God. So I just, there's so many elements to this. Like you've got the self-reflective element. Like you get 10 days notice. And rather than, like a lot of people are like blame the company. Well, they're not giving me the right resources or that. But you're like... With Sunita, you're like, okay, this isn't working. And you've gone self-reflective. You've actually gone, what am I doing? Uh, I think it's a great business lesson for all of us that when we can blame the client as much as we want, but sooner or later, the uh, you know the man in the mirror often has plenty of information for us. So when you were facing you know, this 10 days notice, or even, I'm just fascinated. Like, you come to a new country, you, you take any work you can get, you go into sales, which you've never done. Were you nervous? Were you stressed out? Like, how did you deal with it personally? Were there times when you were like, have I made the wrong choice? Talk us through how you dealt with it, like, personally, psychologically, emotionally. I think it was very, very difficult, especially when you 
on the road knocking unknown places who have you know they don't know you you don't know them you walk in with your stuff and try to sell yeah and you get knocked out wow. okay then you move on to next one yeah. read for days together and it was very hard i thought at times like what i'm doing is it the right choice i made as you asked exactly but i said if i don't do it somebody else will do it yeah i knew that in my heart that it's just the few initial stages once i get the right confidence level and get some numbers across i'll get back and that's what happened exactly my perseverance paid and as i grew my territory from 0 to close to i was doing close to 400000 dollar business oh, yeah. uh, a year for the company that's brilliant and lots and lots of regular customers and there was a time where they used to ring me and so it paid off and perseverance definitely yes as mentioned that lesson learned that which takes longer to build last even longer last longer so there was a crucial learning and getting to know the customer was the key key thing knowing them personally knowing their about family share about my family and become friend eventually yeah. and we are really blessed like there are few customers who have traveled from interstate to dine with us yeah. yeah well i'm listening to you and i'm just i'm joining all these dots i'm going if you look at your life what you're sharing with us you go from you know this apprenticeship in a way around your grandfather so you develop this initial love for the cuisine but then you have these experiences like you're just sharing with us with NCH getting to know the client and getting to know all about them and talking to them which is now what you're doing at the restaurant right like you're That's spending correct. a lot of time and when you read all the reviews they talk about that you and Sanita are constantly present out on the floor you're not hiding out the back you're you're often really engaging with people so it's interesting joining these dots how these skills have transferred for you so let's come forward in this journey a bit the acton container air park closes down when you knew that was happening when you knew that was going to close were you already had the the move to curtain in mind or did you get much notice i'm just interested in you take the risk on the container park and then that's closing what happens next when the container park we were there for 11 months we knew that the future is not for us yeah which isn't being not because we didn't have a regulars but the setup was a bit small for us yeah we were getting a lot more what we can manage in that little tight spot yeah so we were on lookout that we need something better and comfortable for everyone and we were the first one to move out from there actually and after that park closed we moved out in month of august I think it's a couple of months back later on the website acton park closed yeah yeah so you go to curtain i want to talk to you about risk again because setting up another commercial kitchen signing leases you got a young family there's never any guarantees was this another case of you and sonita getting out a whiteboard and and looking at the whole thing or was it just you had confidence in the loyalty that you'd already got from canberra diners what happened next the decision to jump was it a did it feel like another big risk yes definitely yes because the location this present location curtain has been restaurant for many years yeah. in different ravatas as a lot of old diners are aware of yeah it's a very very unique location you don't have a walk in footfall that's right zero yeah. actually so huge risk there are times we still feel okay oh, had been a busy location probably would have done even more 
again unique location is got a open kitchen it helps us interacting with the guest yeah. on regular basis that's what we wanted yeah. and i think that was the major reason we chose that location if we have a small outdoor dining area as well deck where people can sit down comfortably in yeah. summer time as well so definitely yes big risk but it has its own plus points doorstep parking uh, free parking on the roadside so people find really comfortable especially the young families or even elderly parents coming in they're very very comfortable yeah. they don't have to worry about so many other things where in a busy commercial city place like that equally harder yeah yeah do you remember your first the first opening night yes yeah absolutely yes what did, how did you go about that did you do a lot of pre uh, you know a lot of advertising marketing for that opening night or was it just trust that people would come how did you do it the opening night was i'll take you a little back on that actually we are very involved with the communities at work organization yeah. so our first opening at the west side acton park the earning was all 100% earning were donated to communities at work wow and the same thing with it exactly our first opening night earning was donated to communities at work wow we started off it's called karma kitchen yeah. at dana so that was the first night and we presented a different cuisine to our guest and they came on our opening night loved the new ambiance yeah. atmosphere and raised the money for the community that work so there's a lot in that so the actual in sanskrit dana means one of its meanings is generosity right that's that correct, correct? Yeah. yeah so so i'm interested many other people would be like right we're opening a new restaurant we've just got to get as many people in as much as we can we've got to create the footprint and the loyalty and make as much money as we can as fast as we can why did you decide to give the earnings of the first night to charity like why what specifically what's important to you about that as a business at the dana the name itself the basic ethos remains very very simple that is not about the food it's about giving back somewhere other yeah and both of us are very emotionally connected to that that if we start a journey the right path the right cause rest follows yeah i think that was the reason that we done it earlier place we'll do it this place also yeah and people are surprised yes i agree with that but for us personal level it is important that it gives us more satisfaction of giving back and hearing back from the organization that whatever money we raised that night it helped three or four families for the entire year's groceries so where did you learn that so this is what we're talking about is abundance mentality right you believe that if you come from a place of generosity in every area of your business right so this is just even in the what you make the food the way you treat people if you come from that place of generosity then it's going to be returned to you so the question is where did you learn that is is there's obviously a strong spiritual component did you learn it growing up why not focus on the dollars why not build an empire where is this abundance mentality coming from in you guys i think it comes from the families yeah both of us have grown from the simple families where they focused on the 
characters that's what i think is comes from their yeah. parents of sunita and my parents have always taught us that is the work is the first priority you do that right thing money will come yeah if not today tomorrow yeah so that's the base i think that's what if you asked me i have never really thought of on that but that's where it comes from i think yeah and that's what we are trying to give to our kids yeah and share with other guests and our customers yeah. that this is where it starts from and to add on to that that and grateful to my team at dana that when we hire our staff we inform them very clearly that we don't have a tips policy yeah. all our tips are donated to wow. community that work really? and yes please wow wow that's fascinating i like that it's very interesting i want to talk to you about something you mentioned earlier you talked about being back at the container park at acton and you talked about loyalty was happening and that sort of got the brand out there i want to talk about brand uh last week we interviewed richard watkins at bent spoke and we talked about brand and um his take on brand was that it's the sum total of everything that your business is like it's all the small details so there's a few key things that carry this brand i want to ask you to talk to us about each of them and i want people listening to really think about this idea of brand and what they're creating in their businesses the first key one is just this passion that you have for the cuisine itself. So it doesn't sound like you and Sunita were getting up for Monday's, you know, Monday's evening service going, "Oh gosh, here we go again. We've got to go and cook that food again." It's a very different take for you guys. Absolutely, yes. The passion you have for it. How do you sustain that passion for what you're doing? How do you stop it just slowly becoming a chore? What what keeps the passion alive for you? See, physically it is a lot demanding a lot of demand actually it takes as a profession both on our feet for close to 14 hours every day yeah that's the first thing and what really drives us is on that the what we presenting we have put in a lot of effort in designing and making those dishes on a menu and whatever we do on a regular basis at any given day if we have that feel that no is getting too much the results what we have designed and what we want may suffer yeah and we don't want that in any given day so every day we learn and we keep improvising it we launched a new menu a month ago we already started thinking okay what's coming up in next 6 months yeah And how are you doing that research? So you're bringing a new menu in all the time, which is again your attitude to risk. Because another person might go, "Well, these are really popular. We're just going to stick with this now. Everybody knows these signature dishes. We're going to just leave it." But you're choosing to recreate the experience, uh, and I guess on one level, it gives people an incentive to come back, like that they, you know, we know that if we come to Danar, we're going to have a different experience each time. But how are you? doing that research. I mean, do you get back to India? Do you travel there much? Are you reading? Are you what are you doing to 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 source these new ideas? Quite a lot of things actually, Jonathan. There are two components of bringing new flavors to Dana on a regular basis. First, on a regular menu, which is a printed format stays in for a couple of months with us and we serve there. So, this would be the current menu is our third menu in 
less than 2 years time yeah now that part again what we started off we learned from each time we present a new menu yeah what worked well what doesn't work well yeah based on as we both are on floor constantly yeah. interacting with our guests yeah. those are the key learnings we learn from our guests the feedback and from our staff also who are equally involved in serving and we keep reinventing and keep changing and modifying it yeah to bring in more better stuff each time we change the menu uh-huh. we haven't traveled back to india uh, on a regular basis learning for us because we lived in all four corners of country when we were there so we have seen and learned as we kept traveling yeah. from friends locals all the places yeah the second part which we do on every saturday night is a regional menu from different part of india yeah that's the key element in bringing new flavors every weekend oh, yeah. so next menu would be on not this weekend after that would be our 89th menu and what's it called again you got a name thali it's thali. a regional thali thali is a set meal oh, yeah. which is served uh, different components there 89th menu oh, yeah. so people could come in consecutive saturdays and it's going to be a different experience absolutely yes wow so how are you sustaining that i'm just you said there that you've traveled but how do you do that like do you just have such the two of you together have such a wealth of experience that you could just draw on that and you just know we're going to go for this we're going to go for this is is that what it is is it that depth of learning yes and no having learned over the years yes but when we creating a new menu each week uh sunita spent a lot of time in going through our old recipe books what we have collected oh, yeah. talking to our friends talking to our guest yeah at the same time and research on the net as well to share with you in last year august in month of august india celebrated independence day on 15th of august yeah. and we said let's do completely different theme so what we introduced was international thalis Wow. So we picked up five I think we had five weeks that month so countries where Indian cuisine has been part of the country because of the migrant settlement moved there so places like Trinidad and Tobago Fiji Malaysia yeah Mauritius the countries cuisine which presented on month of August wow. gosh and when we put up the calendar for the month in beginning months one of our guest approached us that she was so thrilled that somebody is doing it for the very first time in australia wow that's brilliant and she shared her uh, few of her ideas recipes the blog she follows yeah and she came and dined with us in the night and she was almost in tears like wow. us you've got this openness to feedback like from a business I mean this is a business podcast so what you've creating directly and indirectly is a is a very strong feedback system where you're allowing both your staff to bring it to you from the floor you're out on the floor I think a lot of businesses we can lose that customer contact so that we don't know often exactly what the customer's experiencing even last week I I had a repair done on something it was like 400 bucks and I was stunned at the pricing and I could figure out eventually why but there was no way for them to gauge 
my experience of their product or service, mm-hmm. and I won't go back. And my point is that there's no system by which they can tell how are the customers experiencing us. Whereas for you guys, you're like, we're going to be very open about this. We're going to seek out the, the what people are experiencing. So for people listening, ask yourself how much openness you currently have to customers actually shaping your offering and giving you that direct feedback. Some other key points to your brand, you talk about giving your best, and it's easy to say that, right? Everybody could say, well, in our business, we give our best. You know, how do you, and related to that, you talk about challenging yourselves. So again, I'm interested in the sustainability of that. How on a day-to-day basis, what keeps you trying to challenge yourselves? What's the engine for that? Why not just settle? Why not go, hey, we're doing okay. The numbers are all right. We're getting a good rep. A lot of businesses then plateau and settle. What keeps you challenging yourselves? How do you keep going? The menu and the offering which we have built, brought in to Dana, I think that's the key factor constantly for everyone, all of us, including myself and Sunita. Yeah. Every Saturday, our kitchen board is brand new wow. because we've got 15 new dishes lined up there. <laughs> and there are days where we start like 6 or 5 in the morning because Friday night was busy. We couldn't do anything. Yeah. So we both of us start early and get things knocking. A whole lot of dishes are we're doing for the very first time on the Saturday morning. Oh, wow. Again, I think the blessings uh, have fallen for us, both of us, that we know the recipe is asking for this flavor. That's how it's going to be turning. It should turn out. Yeah. And so far, we have not faulted a single one. Oh, yeah. Again, the feedback is the crucial. We have regulars uh, who come in from that particular area. So they are the best judge to tell us how authentic the recipe is, the way it has turned out, yes or no. That's where it comes from. The feedback is absolutely critical for any business to sustain for that long. Now, sharing with that, we have few families who are weekly regular I'm proud to share with everyone over here that out of 88th menu which we completed this Saturday they have missed only four of them really so they've come in that that often yes so last year they were (laughs) regular for 57 weeks wow had a break for one week and they've continued (laughs) they missed few but there are other families like uh, we were calculating 30 weeks 40 50 weeks They've been regular oh, yeah. with us. So good. All right. Okay. I'm sold. I um, Well, I came across you guys on Instagram. You know, we've got the, the Canberra Executive Coaching page on Instagram, and I just saw a photo. It was posted by the Canberra Wise Women account, and That's it was great. you guys at, at an awards night. And I was sitting in my car. I'd just been for a training ride, and I said, they, they look really nice. They're really happy, you two sitting there. And I thought, I wonder if they'd be good to get on the show. When I hear that, I, you know, when you've got people with that level of loyalty, you either you got to be doing something right. So <laughs> just one more thing on this brand, this concept of generosity embedded in your ethos. You mentioned about this being an extension of your home, this generosity concept. So what do you feel when people come in? What is it that you want people to experience? What is it that you want for your guests to, to experience when they're there? Very simple thing. The hospitality is exactly the same if one comes to our home. Mm. Genuine warm, simple. There's no flashiness, there's no artificialness in involved at all. 
you're absolutely welcome like you coming home that's mm-hmm. what we have tried to create is simple ambiance in our uh, place and again feedback from all our guests is this exactly the same that when they leave the place is it it's just like we dined at home uh, such a good feeling when that happens well on that let me ask you about staffing uh, in almost every episode we talk about this idea of people want their staff to feel what they feel for the business and one idea is that you can't expect staff to 100% feel that i mean it's your business so they're never going to feel exactly what you feel how do you select people what do you look for how do you try and bring them with you into that generous hospitable feeling because if they're not right even if the food's great it's going to be a disconnect there's going to be a sense of something not right how do you find the right people how do you keep them what values do you try and share with them i think the very simple what we look for is the attitude each one comes with their own background and skills they have worked before or not worked before that is the second part first is thing because we're doing so many new things if person is willing to unlearn first unlearn and then learn so what does that mean what do they have to unlearn unlearn like you have candidates coming in that they have worked in previous oh, indian, okay. indian restaurant yeah, or a yeah. cafe things are done in a different style so from the, the very day one they're clearly told you do the way dana does Yeah. We have our own standards. Yeah. And we teach them from day one. And that's what is the first thing that they have to unlearn what they have done previously and start fresh completely. Okay. So they have to be teachable. Yes, absolutely yes. They're willing to learn and same time we are absolutely open to any ideas which think bring in more efficiency. Yeah. More uh in terms of better customer service experience yeah absolutely open they give us idea i said implement it oh, yeah. there's no second thoughts in it yeah if something is workable and doable with brings in a great teamwork and the efficiency on the floor yeah we do it these themes that keep coming through around the generosity but around openness it's not just feedback from your client your customers but it's also feedback and ideas from your own people So you got to be relatively secure to, as a business leader to do that to be open to that feedback in the midst of all this complexity. So you're not just I mean what is your single great passion in the business? Is it still cooking that you love to do? Like if you could do any one thing in your business, is that what you enjoy the most? What aspect of the of the whole thing is is your favorite? Besides cooking, I think I mentioned that interacting with my guest. Yeah. is the second thing which i loved most yeah. feedback comes from there that's the second part but it's not the feedback which i'm looking for it's the personal rapport which i'm building with them yeah. as a friend is never on the table that when i'm seeing meeting for the first i'm blessed to remember most of them what they liked what they don't like and for the first time or they've come again wow and it's not what they would like to have my question is always that if they need any help i'm here to help so let me ask you you know how do you sustain you because you don't just get to cook and you don't just get to walk around the floor you've got ohns you've got staffing and hr you've got spreadsheets and payroll and insurance and all the stuff how do you handle that tension in yourself do you get stressed how do you manage you how do you run yourself I think both of us together Sunita takes care of most of the 
admin payrolls marketing yeah. part of it spreadsheets i would say 99% i'm 1% involved in those things yeah. then on the other hand i take care of the most of the operations part of it and then we both split in the busy time she managed the kitchen i managed the floor with my other team outside okay and in between both together so it's just that balancing part of it it's very very hard because just two of us yeah we haven't been lucky yet to find the real right person especially to take over and yeah. learn to be in part of the kitchen part of it we have a good team yeah but not at that level that both of us can say okay you take over no not yet yeah. so that's the hard part <laughs> yes i know that look one of the things that occurred to me when i was preparing was i don't know if you've ever read the e myth so it's a famous book by michael gerber came out about be almost 20 years ago now it was mm-hmm. um, the entrepreneurial myth so his theory was that what a lot of people do is they have a passion they have an interest or a hobby and they think well I don't want to work for this business over here anymore I'm going to start my own business I'm going to take my hobby or my passion and I'm going to create a business out of it and he said that's a real risk he said successful businesses often have standards processes you document all those processes but how do you stop a passion you know I mean a lot of people have passions around different things how do you think you take a passion and make it a successful business long term how do you move from a a one off i love this i'm going to start this to something with sustainability and longevity what do you think are some of the elements to take a passion and make it last as we're talking and i'm going through that like at the moment two of us doing the most of the role part of it to sustain for longer for business with so much of new challenges constantly in part of it i think once we have a team to go along the life of business extends even yeah. further and we need to have a good team along to be part of the journey yeah. yeah i think that's the learning for us at the same time that how long we able to sustain this way yeah we I have th- to build up a team i think yeah. there's a constant tension i mean you know we've had people in here who've got huge businesses or people with smaller businesses but for all of us there's this moment of staffing where you go that step you take out of the day to day and you risk having the right people it's at a crucial moment so i wanted to ask you on that where do you want to go with this so if we were looking in 5 or 10 or 20 years time i could see you with several properties with amazing relationships across this town with with diners and so many good people building something that's what i i could see you doing what do you want the reason i ask is essentially this will sound terrible when i first say it food is a commodity item so if we're selling a commodity then you only compete eventually on price but you're not doing that you're actually bringing such diversity and complexity and experience and changing it regularly so you're bringing something unique in that space but what is your dream Sanjay what do you you've got an amazing story like you've started at Domino's and you've built this great restaurant and I want you to win what do you want where do you want to go with this I think the journey is never going to stop that thing both of us are very clear it's just begin I haven't thought really what actually 20 years where we want to yeah. but at the same time we definitely want to be known across Australia and throughout the world that this is the indian cuisine is all about i haven't thought of many properties yet but if we can manage a single place which is 
known for service and food together yeah i think we should be happy with that yeah absolutely yes so it's a patience game it's making sure you can build one the way you want it successfully with sustainability longevity and then go from there but when you talk about being recognized you know one day i don't know, have you ever seen the the movie uh, zero dreams of sushi have you ever seen that no not it's yet. on netflix so it's okay. uh, if people haven't seen it it's called zero it's spelled j i r o zero dreams of sushi and it's about a man who they think is possibly the best sushi maker in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's about 85, and he has a restaurant in a subway in Tokyo. Okay. And it's the size of this studio, so it's it's about the size of most people's sort of kitchen area or something. But his passion and, and knowledge and attention to detail is so extraordinary that people literally travel all over the world just to this tiny little room that he has... So I think for you guys, building this diversity and this experience, I really hope that this notoriety will grow for you guys. So Thank the, you. Well, the question, one of the questions, actually, one thing I did want to mention was uh, I always ask people about a moment of crisis, which I think you've got some good learnings on. Take us quickly to this story that you shared with me about one of the first big catering things you did. You had 500 high-profile guests. That's correct. And the night that this is about to happen, two staff call in sick and what's the quote you have from hospitality? The right thing, the wrong things always happen at the right time or something? Or no, was that things go wrong at the right time. At the right time. So take us through that. What happened at that moment of crisis? Okay. Uh, that was last year. And yes. got a call that two staff. That time, it was again, small team we have. So you can say literally 50% is not there. Wow. Just me and Sunita there. <laughs> and next day was the lunch. I think the learning was the biggest thing over there that there was absolutely no other options, just two of us. Yeah. And we went right through for every prep and dishes which we had to do. And we delivered. We were a bit late there, but we managed to serve everything on time. Yeah. Everybody loved it. And we came back, opened the restaurant. Guests were waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you still had to open your, your restaurant as normal? Yes, we did that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I like how you said that, you know, you did this, but one of the things you learned was that if you're going to accept the possible successes, you're going to have to accept the risks as well. Absolutely. I think that, that, was, that was the biggest learning, that any crucial big job which we are taking, we make sure that if we're depending on somebody, this doesn't happen, Yeah. can we pull off by us, ourselves? That's what we do yeah. now. And we've done bigger events after that. And we planned preps, uh, logistics, much in advance, yeah. having taken care of those factors. And we delivered absolutely brilliantly. Really happy with that. Where did you learn to work? Your work ethic, and Sunita's got it too. Where did you learn that work ethic? I think it started back in India when we started our initial hospitality education and training along with it. I started with the Taj Group of Hotels, worked with them for almost five years in Bangalore, and then I moved to the airline catering, and now it's called Air India, National Airline. Worked with them for 14 years with them. And that's how we got different location posting. I traveled a fair bit on different countries, worked there. So, it was learning all throughout every new location that we lived or I traveled. 
worked with different nationalities yeah. and great learning always there. Well, I think if people haven't worked in hospitality, I did years ago, it's a lot of long hours and it's hard work for people, especially if you want to make a career out of it. So, and if you could see him, ladies and gentlemen, he's looking pretty rested today. It's Monday, so it's the day off for hospitality people and uh, he's not looking too bad after another big <laughs> weekend of work. So, Sanjay, last real question I wanted to ask you, which is why I'd ask everybody, which is if you... Looking back on your journey so far, I mean, I've picked up themes listening to you of generosity, openness, acceptance to feedback, innovation, being challenging yourselves. These are great business principles. So if we could ask you to imagine imparting the essence of what you've learned so far on your journey in business and life, you walk on stage, there's a hundred young entrepreneurs in front of you. It might be an MBA course or something, and you've been asked to give three pieces of advice from all mm-hmm. of that you've learned, three things that you would want to share with people about business and life. What three things do you think it would be good for young business operators to know? A few the simple things which I can think of which to share. First thing is believe in yourself. It's the skills which you carry, the basic skills, no matter what profession you are in. In the early years of your education and training, spend those extra hours and get those basic absolutely perfect. Because that's the key which gives you the edge in learning or sharpening it further. Second one is really trust your customers. The better you know them, they teach you more about your business. And I think what I have learned with my sales career and with Dana People like to be acknowledged that they are there, the presence is there. Yeah. Feel it and respect that. So those three, self-belief, trusting in those core skills that you have, trusting your customers. I haven't heard that before. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting, really good idea that, that, you know, as the old saying, the customer's always right, right? No matter what happens, they're right. So we might as well learn to trust them and ask their feedback. And I think this idea of it, just acknowledging people, just being aware of their presence, making them welcome, making them feel like they're home and they're, that you want them there. I mean, you can go to plenty of restaurants, and I've been to them, I'm sure you have, where you actually feel like you're inconveniencing people by being there. I think we get that in this town sometimes. We have a lot of restaurant staff that can honestly make you feel like you're just annoying them by being in the room, which is very <laughs> counterintuitive. So with all that you've experienced, what are your hopes for your own kids now? This is a great story of coming to a new country, doing the very hard work, taking whatever's on offer. What do you hope for your own children in life and business? I think we are very, very open. My son is in year 10 at the moment. It's just started his journey of choosing his subjects for year 11 and 12. We both are involved with him in uh, helping him, but he wants to be something different but he likes he likes cooking as well yeah. he's taken the subjects hospitality in his yeah. school my little one is always interested in the kitchen and and of course she's younger she keeps changing few things here and there yeah, but yeah. Uh, both are equally independent and we just help them what they want to do eventually there's nothing I have fixed that okay one wants to be chef take over the yeah, restaurant yeah. Not yet. So when, when they look at you, as when they're older, what would you want them to have learned by looking at you in Sunita? What values or character traits would you like them to have learned? 
I think we share with them on a regular basis that any work we do is with their respect. Yeah. Be it any other job. Okay. So for us, is the restaurant is the main core for family at the moment. And that's what they learn. Both of them come with us on and off to the restaurant and they see the work happening, what we do, cooking in the kitchen or cleaning up the floor or the table. Yeah. So they do realize that what it takes to be served properly to our guest yeah. and amount of hard work it takes to get what it takes to bring to family together. Yeah. And really happy and pleased both of them really share that and understand that. Otherwise, I think without their support, what we are today would have been possible at mm-hmm. all. We get to see them only a few hours in night time. Yeah. There are times like son has gone to sleep, daughter is fighting to sleep to see us. Yeah. And she, she doesn't go to sleep till we reach home. It's wow. 11, 12 o'clock in the night. So they know that it's hard. Sacrifice. At the same, sacrifice, the same, that's the part of it, that one has to do it. Yeah. Feel bad at times, but there are ways and we try to we spend as much time and give quality time to them also. Yeah. My mom stays with us. She's been a great, great support yeah. managing a lot of things when we are not at home. Yeah. And I think that's what we try to share yeah. every day. Like my son regularly now, he's mature enough. He do ask questions about business. How are we doing? Yeah. He's interested in a lot of new things. We get him involved. We get his ideas on presentation of food, the how does menu look, any font to be changed. Yeah. And he's definitely more technology yeah. advanced than both of us at yeah. times. So there are a few things he does help at this stage. So well, I think it's interesting. Most people assume that, you know, being in business and a business that's growing and doing well is just, you know, sunshine and rainbows and you just sit around counting the money. They don't realize the sacrifice like with you guys as a husband and wife team building a business with a young family that it's... Uh, there's always that tension and trade-off between trying to be great parents, trying to be great business owners. So, But if we didn't have people like you in the community doing that, we'd be missing a lot. The last question I want to ask you is, what do you most admire about Sunita? I think her risk-taking ability. Yeah. I think she was the first person to make that decision that we're going to start Dana. Wow. I think she has the natural ability to foresee what is risk involves and what it's going to be eventually. Yeah. Yes. I think everybody we've had on the show sooner or later talks about that one sort of special person that makes uh, makes it all worthwhile and, and challenges them and supports them. I had to ask you this. Um, when you're at home, do you still enjoy cooking when you're at home? Yes, I do. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> I just think... It's normally now it's with the kids now, okay. especially the little one. Yeah. So like yesterday morning... She wanted pancakes and we said, okay, oh, pancake is not, normally you get those ready-made stuff is not there. Said She was a bit, bit sad. Yeah. So I said, okay, we'll make fresh pancake better. So wow. she, for, she saw it for the first time. I, being made. I got her involved to mixing everything by herself. So wow. 
it was interesting so, so that was a good start for the morning <laughs> well i want to thank you for giving us the generosity of your time and uh, your warmth and your learning and wisdom i uh, i just want to i'll put this all in the show notes and in the the outro but if you haven't yet been to dana then you need to go so head to woden and it's in curtain so if you don't know canberra well or you're not sure where they are or in the woden area it's in curtain on theodore street there'll be links in the show notes i'll put all their stuff in there but you need to go and you need to tell people about this great restaurant. I think we need to support really dynamic, innovative, creative, risk-taking businesses. So whoever's listening to this, you got to go. I'm going to ring my wife and see if I can go this afternoon, actually, because we were going away for a while, so I don't have to get there today. Sanjay, my friend, thank you for your risk-taking, for your humility, for doing the hard work and risking a life in a new country and and not settling. You, you've come here, but you've made such a contribution, a generous contribution to charities, to this local community you deserve every success genuinely and i would i really hope that this podcast in some small way will drive more great long-term customers who'll hopefully come every week for 89 weeks or whatever but my friend thanks so much for making time to be on the camera business thank podcast. you jonathan thank you so much and on behalf of everyone from dana i'd like to thank all our listeners who are listening and support us whichever way you can and we look forward to see everyone in dana. thank you so much thank you sanjay Hey guys, Jonathan with you once again. How good was that, huh? I mean, the humility, I, I just, there's such a humility in so much of what he shared. I mean, this is a man with a huge knowledge, you know, professional five-star restaurant chain experience, comes to Australia and starts at Domino's making pizzas, and then now goes on to build this awesome business. So I was really impacted by that. I just thought it's, it's really what business is about. You know, taking the work that's there, building, you know, your presence in the community, starting from scratch and having a great product and service that reaches people. So I really hope that you took something out of that and I really think we should get behind his business and support it. So I'm going to be there more regularly. I want you to go and check them out. It's uh, Theodore Street in Curtin. You want to just type in Danard, D-A-A-N-A, or just check the show notes. We're going to have links there to the restaurant. Go and check them out. Just do it this weekend. Go down and make yourself a booking. Take some friends. And uh, I'm sure you're going to be back. That's it from me for this week. Please make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Share it with a few people. I'm Jonathan Doyle. I'm going to have another episode for you of the Canberra Business Podcast next week. Next week.